we forget about Easter and Christmas and, and we celebrate them one day a year. Or we'll celebrate Easter the whole week before because we're getting ready for presents. And we'll celebrate Easter the week before uh, most of the time with uh, telling the story of Jesus and hunting eggs and such. But in reality, we should, we should celebrate Easter every day. We should celebrate Christmas every day. We have no idea if this is the exact morning that, that Jesus Christ arose, but we're going to celebrate him anyway. And tomorrow, whenever we get up, we should thank Jesus for, for rising, for that resurrection, for giving us that hope, for giving us that plan of salvation. And that should be our attitude every day. It shouldn't just be the day of Easter. It shouldn't just be the day of Christmas. It shouldn't just be the, the day that we got saved that we thank God that he saved us. It's every day. Matthew chapter number 27. Thankful for everyone's presence this morning. Before we read, uh, we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. If you will, bow with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come this morning. Lord, we thank you for each and every one that, that made it up here this early. God, we thank you for the, uh, for the day set aside here to celebrate the, the resurrection of Christ. And God, we thank you that, that he came to this world out of love for us. God, that he, he suffered on that cross and he rose again, conquering death, conquering hell, conquering the world that we through him might have hope in that resurrection. God, I pray that you'd help us, that we would never forget that, Lord, that we could celebrate this each and every day of the year. Lord, we ask you most of all to have mercy on those that are lost and unsaved. Be with those unable to be with us this morning. Forgive us if we fail you in Christ's name. Amen. Matthew chapter 27, we're going to begin reading in verse number 60. Matthew chapter 27, verse number 60. Now, Jesus had already been crucified. Jesus had been laid in the grave here verse 60 and he laid it in his own new tomb talking about jesus which had been hewn out of the rock and rolled a great stone to the door of the sepulchre and departed and there was mary magdalene and other mary sitting over against the sepulchre and the next day followed the preparation the chief priests the pharisees came together in the pilot saying sir we remember that that deceiver said while he was yet alive after three days i will rise again Command, therefore, that the sepulchre be made sure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say unto the people, He is risen from the dead. So, last error shall, so the last error shall be worse than the first. And Pilate said unto them, Ye have watch, go your way and make it as sure as ye can. So they went, made the sepulchre sure, sealing it with a stone and setting a watch. I don't know how big that, that sepulcher must have been, but I imagine it like the, the big monument, coliseum type of deals that, that's sitting out at Thomas. It had to be something big enough for, for a man to walk into. It said Jesus walked out. Lazarus walked out. So it had to be something big enough. So, so a big stone in order to cover that is not something that, that a person could have moved by itself. So in addition to the, the earth sealing Christ in, Pilate, Pilate told these people to go make it as sure as, as you can. I saw a post on, I don't remember if it was on Facebook or what, and said this is the biggest joke told in the New Testament. Pilate told him to go make sure Jesus didn't come out of that grave. You know there ain't a person in this world that could have kept Jesus from coming out of that grave. There's not an army, there's not a soldier, there's not anything on earth, there's not anything that, that Satan could have done to keep Jesus in that grave. Pilate said make it as sure as you can, make sure that nobody can come out, make sure that everything stays exactly the way it is. So that we don't have to fight this again. They called Jesus the deceiver. They remembered, and I find this very interesting. They remembered that Jesus said, I'll rise again after the third day. 
But the disciples were surprised. Those that he preached against, those that he rebuked, remembered. But his disciples were surprised. In chapter number 28, Jesus arose. He proved that death could not hold him. He proved that men could not hold him. And if you have your Bibles and you're reading along, turn over to the book of Luke. Chapter number 24. And we're going to read Luke's account of the day of the resurrection, the day that we celebrate on what we call Easter. Now, upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came to the sepulchre, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found a stone rolled away from the sepulchre. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. It came to pass, as they were much perplexed there behold there about behold two men stood by them in shining garments now we know that 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 the people came to Pilate the chief priests and came to Pilate and they said make this tomb sure make sure nobody can get out they remember Jesus said I'll rise again after three days but whenever the, the disciples here came and, and the women came to the to the scripture they found a stone rolled away and they were much perplexed god didn't tell us to understand everything about his will and way god didn't tell us to understand why he does the things he does god didn't tell us to understand how things work god told us to believe him so why are we often perplexed whenever jesus promises something and it comes true whenever jesus promises if we'll live for him he'll bless us so why do we worry why do we stress why do we allow things to get us down? Why do we lose faith whenever things get difficult, whenever Christ said, thou shalt be blessed? Why do we allow the things of this world to come between us and him? Why do we forget? Why are we perplexed? Whenever Peter came to the house, it was the church that was praying for him, he knocked on the door and the woman said, this is Peter. And everybody called her crazy. And the Bible says they were astonished. We're often astonished at things that Christ did because they don't make sense to our human mind. But it's not supposed to. The Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith means that we are reaching out in something that we can't understand and believe in anyway. That, that we're reaching out to a God that we can't see physically and believe in Him anyway. Verse number 5. And they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth. And they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. This morning I want to look at that, that question. And a lot of times it's viewed as a rhetorical question, but I don't look at the question that these men ask. Why seek ye the living? Among the dead. They came this morning and it says the, the women brought spices, which they had prepared. They came to honor Jesus' body. They came to the place where dead men were. They came to the place where they assumed that he would be dead. They came in faith. They came to honor the Christ that they had served, that they had walked with, that they had believed in. And yet whenever it came down time to it, they had forgotten exactly what he told him. This morning God makes a lot of great and precious promises in his word. And we got to remember them. We have to bear them in mind. 
And the Bible says, Why seek ye the living among the dead? Jesus will not be found this morning among the dead. He, he's not going to. It's not going to happen. You will never find Jesus in dead people. People who are spiritually dead, people who are separated from God, people who have wandered away from God, you will not find the witness of Christ within them because they have been separated. They have allowed Jesus to, they've pushed him back and said, I don't want to. There's a word, and it was, I don't remember who preached it. I think it was the guy that was doing a revival at Ben's Ford. But he used a three-letter word called ego. And he said ego is an acronym oftentimes. And it means edging God out. Edging God out of our life. And whenever we begin to edge God out of our life, we become spiritually dead. Unable to help someone, and Jesus will not be found among the dead. Jesus will not be found among dead families. Spiritually dead families who refuse to, to read the gospel, pray with their kids, won't bring their kids to church. Jesus will not be found among dead churches. Churches who fail to worship Him in, spiritual, in spirit and truth. Churches who place profit over God. Churches who place what everybody thinks of me ahead of spread the gospel above all things. Jesus gave us an opportunity. He gave us a command. He gave us an obligation whenever he left this world. In the book of Acts, he said, go and be a witness. If Jesus, if Jesus told Peter, walk out on the water, this same Jesus told you, I'll rise again. So why seek the living among the dead? The same Jesus that fed 5,000, the same Jesus that fed 3,000, Told you, I will rise again. So why seek the living among the dead? The same Jesus that told the, the lame man, Stand up, rise, take thy bed and walk. Who covered the eyes of the blind man and made him see. Who told that one of leprosy, Thy faith has made thee whole. Told the woman possessed, go and sin no more. This same Jesus told you that I will be back in three days. And still they came to the tomb, seeking the living among the dead. This morning we have an opportunity in our life to be one of two things. We can either be living for God or we can be dead spiritually. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said in order for the church to keep from becoming an irrelevant social club, the church must embody the love ethic of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came to this world not because he wanted to, not because he enjoyed it. He came to this world for you. He came to this world for me. Jesus didn't suffer in, in, on that cross. And I know last Sunday was Palm Sunday. We, the kids learned about it. Everybody, well, Jesus walking down the street or riding down the street and everybody crying, Hosanna. Declaring who he was. The truth was declared that day. And Jesus didn't come so that he could be famous. Jesus didn't come so that everybody could see him. Jesus didn't come so everybody could know his name. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. And in order to do that, he had to come to this earth. Live a perfect life. He had to suffer and die. And he had to rise again. We can't leave Christ in the tomb. Because that's not where he lay. That's not where he stayed. Death couldn't hold him. Satan couldn't hold him. Pilate couldn't hold him in the day 
We can't stand between God and His goal. We can't stand between Jesus and what He has in store. We can be used of Him. Jesus is too good not to share. And Jesus lives in us if we aren't dead. If we are spiritually alive, then we are part of that witness. We are part of that, that, that person. We are part, well, let's read it. Verse number 11. I'm sorry, it must be in the next chapter. Nope, verse 47. Jesus said unto them, this is some of the last words of Christ. Jesus said unto them, And repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Ye are witnesses of these things. A lot of times, especially in, in life, whenever we have something that's, that's absolutely wonderful. Anybody see the pictures of, of Emily and Bailey at Strawberry Pats on Facebook? You know the reason they were put on Facebook? It's a cute baby. I want everybody to see how cute the baby is. I know a lot of babies are cute, but mine's the cutest. We want everybody to see it. We want everybody to see what's happening. You ever caught a really big fish? What'd you do? You showed everybody. You walk in the pro or what used to be the pro stop in Franklin, and there was pictures of deer everywhere. Deer that all kind of people had killed, and they had their name on them. Why do they put their name on them? Why don't they just leave the name off? They're proud of it. You want people to know what's going on. You want people to know that that's your fish, that you've done that, that you caught that, that you have achieved something. They have a parade for the Super Bowl champion every year, right? They want to parade them around. They want everybody to see how great and awesome that was. Whenever Pine used to make the playoffs, they'd have a, a, a big send-off at the school. And everybody would come outside, and we waved goodbye to everybody as they struck out to the playoffs. They were proud of them. Jesus is too good for us not to share. He said, ye are witnesses of these things. This morning, the disciples were witnesses of Christ's death. They were commissioned to go into the world and be witnesses of Christ's resurrection, be witnesses of Christ's life. The four Gospels all tell the same story. Four different perspectives. They are witnesses of Christ's life. This morning, if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are witnesses of Christ's work. You are witnesses of His resurrection. You are witnesses of that hope. You are witnesses of the reason that we celebrate Easter. And if we're proud of it, if we're not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, it's something worth sharing. It's something worth celebrating. It's something worth getting excited about. It's something worth telling other people about. It's something worth put posting a picture about. It's something worth spreading the gospel. Jesus will not be found among the dead. And I pray that we are never spiritually dead. I pray that we are ne never spiritually stagnant. Whenever things get stagnant, Connor, uh, Connor come across something that was stagnant this week. I had a barrel out in front of Emily's classroom. At the fair every year, we have the big agricultural exhibit. And every year, it's, it's corn and wheat and oats and sunflower seeds, all kind of grain on the fair booth. Fruits, everything else. And whenever it's over, I got to clean all that stuff up. So I take a shot vac and I vacuum it all up. I dump it in a big 55-gallon drum. And normally, I go throw it in my deer plot. Well, this year, the barrel was too heavy. 
So it sat right where I left it. It had a hole in the lid. So after sitting there since October with a hole in the lid, it filled up about that far from the top with water. What happens whenever you fill something like that full of water? And remember, it's got corn and wheats and oats and rye and melatons and eggs and everything else in it. What happens when you let that soak in the sunshine for about six months? If you never touch it, if you never move it, if you never get rid of it, it starts to stink a little bit. Every buzzard circle in the house. That smell would not come off. It got stagnant. It got disgusting. It, it got borderline poisonous because nothing was done to it. It, it, was, it was done and it was set right there and then it did not move. Whenever water gets stagnant, whenever a pond gets stagnant, fish can't live in it. There's no oxygen in the water. Whenever Christians get stagnant, they have a hard time living for Christ. Whenever we're spiritually dead. Whenever we forget about the sunrise on the morning of, of Christ's birth. Whenever we forget about the meaning of Easter. Whenever we forget about what Christ did for us. Whenever we forget that it is our responsibility to go in this world. The Bible says, how can the world know our Jesus? Except somebody tell them. How can they know unless somebody preached the gospel? You know, preaching the gospel don't only apply to preachers. The commission was not only given to churches as a whole. The commission was given to each and every saved individual of God. And this morning, if you're a saved child of God, it is your responsibility, it is my responsibility, it is our responsibility as a conglomerate to share Jesus, to share the resurrection, to share the story of Christ with the whole world. This morning, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, a couple of thousand years ago, he rose from the grave not so that he could prove something to the world, not so he could show up pilot, not so he could just prove that he could, you know, roll that stone away. He did it out of love so that you could believe in him as your Savior and you, you could go to heaven and you could miss hell because we all deserve it. We've all sinned. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But the Bible also said that Jesus came into this world to seek and to save sinners. Paul said, I was the chief of sinners. But Christ died for me anyway. This morning, I want to tell you that there's no way that you can get too far away that God can't bring you back. There's no way that you can be too much of a sinner that God can't save you. But you have to believe. In the same way that we believe in that resurrection, you have to believe in the, in the life, the death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You have to believe in that Jesus and God to save you. He promised us that. He promised the, Jesus promised the disciples. He said in three days, Three days' time, I'll rise again. Those that he preached to, the Pharisees, the chief priests, they remembered. His disciples didn't. This morning, let's remember what Easter is about. Let's remember what the commission is about. Let's remember what Jesus is about. And let's share it with the world. While Emily comes around, gets the song together, we're going to... She's not going to play another song? Okay, we'll sing a cappella then. That's fine. We'll, we'll sing a cappella. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer one more time. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. God, we thank you for all the blessings of life you bestowed upon us. Lord, we thank you for your graciousness, your long-suffering toward us. Lord, we thank you that you've been merciful with each of us. Lord, I pray that you'd help us so we could ever live for you. 
that we wouldn't forget the promises that you've made to us. God, the love that you showed us by sending your Son. And God, I pray that there's one among us this morning that don't know you as their Savior. Lord, that they could believe on Jesus Christ before it be too late. That they could believe in your only begotten Son and that they could be saved. Lord, I pray that you'd help those of us that are saved. God, that we could live for you every day in our life. And that we wouldn't forget Easter. And that we wouldn't forget the witnesses that we are supposed to be. God, that we could take your gospel and we could be that light that we could shine in all men. Forgive us where we fail you, strengthen us where we're weak. Thank you most of all for Jesus. Thank you for, thank you for allowing us to be here and gather this special service this morning. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would, stand with us and, and we're going to sing the old rugged cross. I, I know we don't have a piano out here, but guitar is kind of a, a fail because I can't sing that low, but I think we all know the first verse of the Old Rugged Cross, so we're going to sing that this morning because the Old Rugged Cross was not the end of the story. We began with victory in Jesus, but we couldn't have had that victory without the cross. So we're going to sing the first verse of, uh, of the Old Rugged Cross, and then we'll be just about ready for breakfast. All right? On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross the emblem of suffering and shame and the love of that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain so I cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown Amen we appreciate the presence of each one this morning. I think we may have slightly uh, slightly cooked a few too many pancakes. Make sure you double up on them. But we, uh, we're glad you're here. We're glad we're able to celebrate the birth of Christ with this service. Start the morning off with this. and We're, we're thankful for you. We hope you'll stick around. Sunday school will begin at 10. And then uh, morning service will begin at 11. And we will not have an afternoon service this evening. So uh, we do have breakfast prepared. We ask everybody, if you would, stay and eat, and then eat a little extra. So before we, uh, before we do that, we're going to ask Brother Dean if he would dismiss the service and bless the food. Yeah,